2: Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are here,
1: Lord, we are here, and we're
2: ready Ready. to protest. Hiya and happy Easter! I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega. Oh, we're coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we're surrounded by Easter eggs and floating baskets. It's a treat, and it's a treasure. And per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome... Gray has.
0: His bread is unleavened, but he's risen indeed, Hallie. How he are is you? risen indeed.
2: It's indeed. the best day of the year. It, it really, really
0: is. It really is. I am so excited to be celebrating Easter and spending it here with all our listeners and, and with you, Hallie.
2: Well, where would you rather be this year? Uh, we celebrated Beaster around here at Twin Hills, and it was an event. Maybe some of you saw it streaming online or were lucky enough to be here on campus with the uh, Seattle Seahawk, Marshawn Lynch. It Tell him, great! Right?
0: amazing, Hallie. We had Marshawn Lynch, who I don't really pay attention to football, but I guess he played for a long time for the Seattle Seahawks, but he was a huge Christian. And we did... For the first time ever, a cross collab, and it was with his brand called Beast Mode. Beast I guess Mode. that was also his name in the NFL. It's so cool. So with you know Mr. Beast, uh, Marshawn Lynch, and his brand Beast Mode, we had Beast this year, which meant that anybody who came in the doors of Twin Hills was going to not only have an amazing praise and worship experience on Easter, but you're also going to get so kitted out with some of the most amazing apparel on the market today. Isn't that right?
2: Free merch, some merch for purchase. It can all be... Customized. You can get your name on your jersey. Well, really, we made sure that all the jerseys had a number one and they were all Jesus jerseys because it's right. Jesus Day where he's raising from the dead. Happy Beaster, everyone. Some
0: of my teens were asking me, what was Jesus' last name?
2: Yeah, of Nazareth.
0: Of Nazareth. Of Joseph, of, of God. Right. Son and of a God. lot of those you couldn't fit on the back. So I just said, guys, go with Jesus number one on the back. You could also get a hat, bedazzled. You could get, uh, there, were, there was a sushi towel. At one point, I saw everybody was really getting into the VR experiences this year. And then I just want to point it back to the stage where everything always goes down. And Steve just led us through such an amazing Easter service, really different than ones that we've done in the past, wasn't it, Allie?
2: Well, it was so exciting. I mean, of course, it had the lights and the world class music and. Uh, incredible praise and worship and all of that, but Steve is up there in a super cool uh, beast mode jersey.
0: I love that. Um, well, and that said, Steve number one, which I thought was cool.
2: Yep, and then but it did say Son of God on the back. That's right, and uh, with a big number one, and he's up there with Marshawn Lynch. They're kind of tag teaming, you know the 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 easter message which right. was so cool just
0: two guys in lazy boys up there kind of uh, uh, just talking i love the the theme was you know it was beast mode but they kind of decorated the stage as if we were watching sunday night football or something yeah. so it was just steve and mashon up there eating popcorn Kicked back in the lazy boys and talking about the awesome message of Jesus
2: Christ. We had all of the people who, uh, in other churches, they're called ushers, but at at our church, we have like guest service people who will help you to your seat or, you know, come uh, get you if you need to go, if your kid is um, freaking out in the children's ministry, or if your baby won't stop crying or needs maybe a a drink of milk or something. Um, But we had all of our guest services people totally kitted out in what looked like transformer costumes but they're like they're those big robots that the NFL plays on on sunday football and monday night football they're yes. walking around so it it looks like there's these nfl stormtroopers everywhere in the auditorium it was so cool and then marshawn he's such a hoot Oh, he's he so had funny, one of those he, red Ellie? laser pointers that he was uh playing with steve got it out of his hands and then steve started this impromptu kind of fun way of using marshawn lynch's skills where Steve would point the laser pointer at something on the stage and Marshawn would run as fast as he could and tackle it.
0: It was great. I mean, truly like a human cat, wasn't he, Hallie?
2: It was. I felt like I was in a training day for the NFL. It was so cool. He, he did, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how fast these football players can go. I mean, if they get upwards of 40 miles an hour or some such, but he ran a 40-yard dash and then tackled the stone that was sitting in front of Jesus' grave, and it smashed to smithereens.
0: That was cool. And I just love how Steve had a lot of different things on stage that Marshawn then tackled after he pointed at them with the laser. I think he had... You know, one it, they were kind of those standing things that the NFL uses to for tackling practice. I'm not sure what those right, are called, right? Right. But I guess one said um, woke agenda on it, and that was great. He tackled that.
2: Oh, he tackled that, and he smashed that one to smithereens too. Uh, I, I, all of them were so good. One he just smashed up a big boulder that said sin. Right. One
0: said uh, feminism.
2: He sure tackled that one that said uh, drag show drag on it. Shows. That yes, he was did. funny.
0: And then the one I didn't really get, but then it somebody explained it to me. He did have uh, one of the dummies said Washington Redskins on it, mm-hmm. and he went to tackle that, and then he stopped and he turned it around and said. It said Washington football team on it, and then he tackled it because I guess that's a whole thing. They had to change the name to something stupid because, uh-huh. uh, and so, so that was that was a funny one that Jesus also uh, would have tackled.
2: But none of them was as spectacular. I feel like the big show-stopping climactic moment was when he uh, just obliterated the the stone that had been rolled in front of Jesus' tomb, and then, the, of course, this this. Big, intensely bright light comes shining out from inside the tomb once the stone was rolled away and Marshawn went back he was he went flying backwards onto his back as if he'd you know been blasted with dynamite and then he sat up on one elbow grinned at the audience and put on these dark sunglasses and just sort of pointed at us
0: hilarious and
2: it the it brought down the house everyone was then, I guess that up. is something
0: I couldn't figure out so was Marshawn supposed to be Jesus or was he the power of Jesus or was it, because the light coming out of the tomb was Jesus right and he put on the sunglasses but then also he was running around in a jersey that said Jesus number 1 and he was tackling a lot of things
2: yeah i think maybe it was symbolic when he was you know obliterating certain sins and stuff you know okay. that's you know the power of Jesus on the cross and really? um But yeah, maybe some of it was symbolic and some of it uh, was really he was playing the role of Jesus for a moment, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. You know, Hallie, something that I'm really loving that we're doing and uh, we're not afraid to do is that, and Sean talked about this in his testimony after he did all the tackling and chasing of the laser around the stage, which was just how much blessing uh, Christ and Jesus specifically has brought into his life in the form of. Look, being able to play football and not be brain damaged.
2: At the highest level. And
0: then making all of this money and Mm -hmm. being able to launch his own brand, Mm -hmm. Beast Mode.
2: He is blessed and highly favored.
0: And it is just so great when you see someone as successful and as charming and as funny as him be able to get up there in front of thousands of people and say, I have one person to thank for all of this, and that is God, isn't it?
2: I have goosebumps just even remembering it and hearing it again. I my eyes are filled with tears of gratitude at just being a child of the utmost high God. And when you get an excellent athlete like Marshawn Lynch, who comes all the way from the NFL, he's at the top of his game.
0: Right. Well, I think he retired a few years ago, but
2: oh, but he looks, you know, fit and trim as a fiddle on oh, strong.
0: And the unfortunate thing was, he actually couldn't do the latest services. I heard because I think he did separate his shoulder on um, when he tackled feminism yeah. in, the, in, in one of the afternoon services. On
2: yeah, Sunday. it's bad that that's the one that got him. But uh, before he lost, you know, use of his shoulder. I loved when he was, instead of a t shirt cannon, he was just doing, throwing t shirts like they were footballs, you know, where he puts one arm out, you know, and holds the other arm back and then shoots it out like that pig skin in the Super Bowl. But it's, it's a, his branded t shirt that somebody's getting to take home for free to commemorate Jesus resurrecting and beating death. Death, where is your sting? Where's your victory? I mean, we're out here with, uh, um, we, we've got an ice cream truck. We, we have confetti cannons blasting through the main auditorium. I mean, really, death, where is your sting? Where is it?
0: We didn't feel it on Sunday, did we?
2: Mm-mm. I mean, I felt it on Good Friday. We always do a good job of we that did. one being a really yeah. somber service. That was so somber, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very reflective Yeah, and it's that, very good. That yeah.
0: was, uh, everything was in the dark. Yeah, it was pitch black. Just pitch black. And it. The candles. but At yeah. different points, Steve would just play really loud sec- secular music and, um, you it's know, so just unnerving. make it really confusing for mm-hmm. everyone uh, how obviously confused and frightened the, the disciples must have felt. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, that, that was, that was interesting, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, but it always just, um, it really pulls me into the story of, you know, those three days when he, when the, the there was no moon in the sky, the world went dark and Jesus descended to hell, uh, much like Gandalf and the Balrog. Jesus descended to hell to do battle with Satan. Right. And now
0: Hallie, did he actually physically go to hell? Because I've, I feel like this is something that I've always kind of wondered about because I was never taught that he went, went to literal hell.
2: Oh, I was. Oh, really? Yeah, that he went down to defeat Satan during those three days. And that's the great irony, or I don't even exactly know what irony means, but maybe that's the great profound joke of it all, or maybe it's not a joke, maybe that, that's the profound truth of it all, is that everyone thought he was dead. What he was doing was defeating death, i.e. kicking the snot out of Satan. Like Carmen's um The Champion, where Jesus wins the boxing match. He was down there kicking the crap out of Satan, and then rose from the grave. And
0: I, I, well then didn't you, some people believe he did some preaching while he was down there or something.
2: Well, yeah, I ended up looking into it and there's two different places in the Bible. You know, I, I think I always thought that the Bible says he, he descended to hell. And then I then realized lately that that's just from the apostles creed. I was right, thinking it was Bible's Bible. First. It was, we don't say that obviously in a mega church because we're way too relevant and cool for that. But, um, I think I knew the Apostles' Creed, and that's why I thought Jesus descended to hell because it says it in that. But it doesn't we, really we say it in the Bible,
0: right? We say Apostles, and we and we sometimes play a Creed, but we don't usually put those together.
2: That's right, because Creed is a Christian band, isn't oh, that totally. right? Oh, totally. And yeah. I think
0: that was one of the bands Steve played during the uh, the Good Friday dark part because they're a crossover, you know. Yeah.
2: talking about this because this is a conversation that um, I had with my daughter uh, after we left the beaster program. Oh, which one? Oh, the inquisitive one who's starting to like know her Bible, unfortunately. But she brought up the fact, you know, I was just talking about how Jesus defeated death and it was so exciting and that we're not going to die and we're going to live forever and it's going to be so great. And my daughter has this new idea where she's like, why the grandiosity of claiming we'll live forever Like for some reason she thinks that's grandiose or that's some kind of um, like self-important like mental trick we're doing ourselves to be like, we're going to live forever. She's always like forever. See, I probably shouldn't have let her get into those Twilight vampire novels that the tweens are into because she started thinking about eternal life because evidently these sexy vampires say it's not all it's cracked up to be.
0: Well, I mean, I would say let's give it a try first, huh?
2: Yeah, but any hoodles. There is a verse in First Peter. I ended up looking up this stuff because my daughters were also asking me about that whole thing of like, what was Jesus doing in between Good Friday and Easter morning? And why do we say three days when it's really just a day and a half, you know, between Friday night and Sunday morning? Really, well, they could have had a
0: different calendar then.
2: Oh, yeah. So, and they were like, why is it called Easter? When the Bible says the third day after Passover, why is it this? Why is it that I'm getting, uh, you know, it from all sides. And so I'm, they, they were saying, why do you, I told them that, you know, Jesus was in hell battling Satan, like in an epic boxing match, you know, like you'd see in Vegas, but where Jesus wins. And they were like, why do you think that? And I said, cause it's in the Bible. And then I had to go look for it. And then I realized it's not in the Bible. It's in the apostles creed. But, um, there is a verse in first Peter that says, um, That Christ came in spirit to preach to the spirits in bondage. Um, That's what he was doing when everyone thought he was just dead in the grave. Right. And so that doesn't necessarily say anything about hell. The thing is, I'm trying to find the Bible references to tell my daughters about Jesus going to hell to get in the epic fight with Satan and beat him. And it's not in the Bible, but 1 Peter does say that Jesus basically went and preached to souls in prison which sounds awesome. That's great. Yeah, so I guess maybe you could say, well, where are souls in prison? Well, that sounds like hell. So it got us there. And it's amazing to think about Jesus going to hell to preach. I mean, that must be like what certain circuits are like for evangelists who are out touring the country. They got to go preach at a county fair. Maybe they're like, oh, this is like Jesus preaching to bound souls in hell Well,
0: one time i took my teens in climax to go do a prison visit and you know that went terribly because basically every time you try to go down a cell block somebody be masturbating and you have to you you know obviously don't want that to happen so imagine what kind of things they're doing if you're going down to preach to souls in hell oh dear i mean it must just be like the the worst kind of masturbating
2: oh bye well okay so anyway um the uh As I was searching the scriptures to find out about Jesus going to hell, not that first Peter says Jesus went to hell, but it kind of could be, you know, you could jump to that conclusion. Can we say that fairly? Yeah, totally. Okay. So anyway, then the only other one I found was Ephesians 4, 9, where it talks about Jesus ascending to heaven and descending to the lower parts of the earth, which you could also interpret as hell. But I looked up the biblical commentary and it doesn't say that it means hell. It says that it means coming to earth and being buried in the ground, which is in the lower parts of the earth. I think
0: that would probably be the first place that I would think. I'm not sure if I'd jump right to hell.
2: But then there are other versions. You know how there's like NIV, um, King James, all the different ones. Uh, One of, I think it's NIV. They say that he came to earth. They don't even say to the lower parts of the earth. They just meant him being on the planet. So there's really nothing about him being in, Hell, And do we even know that hell is, you know, down in the, underneath the crust of the earth near the fiery core? Or is it a more out there in the cosmos, uh, maybe space that we think heaven is? I mean, where do we think heaven is?
0: Maybe coming down to earth meant that, you know, I've always kind of had this image of Jesus, and maybe this is right, is that I bet he kind of hovered around. Oh, and maybe when he came down to earth, he finally, you know, his feet were all the way on the ground. But don't you kind of imagine Jesus always kind of, it's it's like that trick David Blaine does where Ooh. he's hovering a bit. Uh huh. I levitating kind of, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, it doesn't say much about that in the Bible, but it's just kind of always been my my image of Jesus and Christ specifically. And you know, levitation is cool to me. And I guess you know, I get that. I mean, we named a whole book of the Bible after after it with, Levit- with Leviticus.
2: Oh, I always thought that was named after um, a leviathan.
0: When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of
2: laughs and a head full of real information. Our of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling.
0: What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs.
2: stood gray on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem at the spot where they think Jesus might have stood last before he wow. shot straight up and ascended into heaven. What did it smell like? I would think it would be like when you're down at Cape Canaveral. No, when you, you watch it. A, Oh, um, what did Jerusalem smell like? Yeah. It smelled like Dust. And vinegar.
0: Oh, so like Arizona?
2: Kinda. Yeah, especially like if you I you're...
0: always think old people smell like vinegar. Hmm. Don't you? Just kind of a pickled smell.
2: Anyway, being on the Mount of Olives and being able to picture him ascending is one of the highlights of my life. I'm not gonna lie. And... It was just very powerful to picture him shooting up into the sky. But speaking of Cape Canaveral and the, um, you know, the things that we send into space, when we watch a spaceship kind of, you know, the it starts to rumble and the smoke comes out and then you you see some like flame and then the rocket, you know, lifts off and it seems to not be very fast at first. And then it's pulling out of the Earth's atmosphere and all that. Do you ever think about like, did Jesus kind of do the exact same thing? Did he like go up through the earth's atmosphere? It starts to get really cold up there. And then, you know, there's not much oxygen, which probably wasn't a problem for him because he was, you know, a supernatural being. But I mean, does he get out to the black part of space where it's kind of nothingness? Does it, where is heaven? Is it a state? state of mind? I mean, Jesus always said that the kingdom of heaven is now, that the kingdom of heaven is right here on earth, that when you experience love and joy and peace and patience and all of those things, you're experiencing God's kingdom here on earth. It always sounded like he thought it was here, but then he did shoot off like a rocket. So I just, I would love to know the mechanics, honestly, of how it happened and where he kind of went and what happened to his physical body.
0: Yeah, I never even think of that stuff, Hallie, because I think it's a bit boring. All I know is that when he shot off, I bet that was awesome when he just totally got blasted off you know just blasted away and then i think we did a pretty great job of of showing that sort of beast mode energy especially when mashon jumped over that tower of of foam bricks uh, in and got to the that got the, in, over into the end zone which we you know we had a big banner that said heaven and it and it was jesus jumping into the end zone of of heaven i thought that was great
2: and then for all the line of cars that are snaking out of the campus and it takes a while with that many Uh, people in attendance it takes a while to clear out after the services and every for every single beaster service marshawn went out to the lake on the campus and put strapped himself into that um, aquatic what are those called you and uh, clay mason bannerman did it down in the keys where you shoot up those water shooters where you get to hover like 20 feet off yeah i don't like to talk
0: about it because one of clay's friends died by slamming into the side of a cruise ship on one of those
2: that's right. I'm so sorry it's for okay. your loss.
0: Well it was Clay's friend. I don't really care. I you know, it's just hard had to talk about for Clay.
2: Yeah. You've mentioned him before, but I was having a talk with my kids on the way home from church, and and it, I, it's just it's it's cool, frankly, because it keeps me in my word when I have to keep looking up and knowing what the Bible actually does say about it. And it's weird, evidently. I was like, "Why is that in the Apostles' Creed?" Then, and I looked it up, and it was almost four hundred years later with the Catholic Church after the life of Christ where it got Ugh. added. Um, and it, who knows? You got Augustine, and all they were always having stuff and all these people. What's that? All
0: the Catholics were always kind of adding stuff, weren't they? Like we we, we do the OG version where this church is a first, what we say is a first century church. I mean, this is the Church of Acts. This is how Jesus would have done it. And I think beast mode is a perfect example of that. And then the Catholics come along with all the smells, bells and cockle shells and just muck it up.
2: But you know, you really have to know your Bible because you know, my son day tried to tell me this year that everything I believe to be true about Satan is from paradise lost written by Milton and not from um, what the Bible says about it. And I was like, no, the Bible is very clear about Lucifer and Satan. And, um, I I should be getting an honorary degree in biblical studies raising these kids in the church. But um, I I did, you know, stand on that Mount of Olives in Jerusalem and I looked up into the sky and I could really picture him. And I and though I did wonder where he went and what happened to his physical body and if it did just burn up in the Earth's atmosphere or something, I don't know in which case. Who knows, maybe we're still breathing his ashes, which would be such an honor to have in my lungs and in my body. But, um, you know, I I looked it up and evidently the writers of the Bible, because they didn't know that the earth was round and what the atmosphere is made out of and what the cosmos was, they believed in a three-tiered uh, universe, which was um, the sky, which was heaven, the earth, which is where we're walking around, and hell, which was underneath the ground. It was a like, sort of like a tiramisu.
0: Right. I don't... I don't see anything that wrong with that.
2: Yeah. So that's why they have him shooting up to go to heaven. And that's why they have him shooting down to go to hell.
0: Have we really proven that it's exactly as they say it is now?
2: I mean, they could make a diagram of the Earth's core and crust and all that and the plates that make the mountains by shifting around and everything. They could just be generating that on a computer and it could be sci-fi for all we know.
0: And honestly, Hallie, if it's not in the Bible, I'm really not worried about it. And I'm I'm just thinking, you know, this is all stuff that isn't going to matter. And as long as we tell again, uh, like Marshawn said, it's all for him. It's all for him. Mm -hmm. And then he, you know, then he spiked that Bible Mm -hmm. in in the end zone. I thought that was also really cool. That
2: was really cool. And Another cool thing that I'm remembering from my Holy Land trip when I was over there—greatest time of my life—in seeing the uh, streets that Jesus walked down. And um, what did it sound like? Um, it sounded uh, echoey and dusty.
0: Oh, so also like a nursing home in Arizona.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, there was this really cool day trip we went on where we went to the site. Out in the green grass of Israel uh, countryside, where it was the site where Jesus um, fed the 5,000 and spoke to them. And, you know, critics would say, well, how did 5,000 people hear him when you're one person and 5,000 people are there? You can't hear because there's no PA and there's no amplification system. You know, if if I was to go stand on a lawn and try to talk and see how many people could hear me out of 5,000 gathered in a group, it would be like the first 30 people could hear. And um, we went to this place where Jesus spoke to the 5,000 and our teacher or or tour guide or whatever he was, he said, I'm going to stand right here and you all go down and spread out in this whole open area. And then he talked like, this quietly and everyone could hear him, even football fields away because there is some kind of geographical, I don't know what you'd call it, a vortex or a microclimate or, you know, these things that you would have to understand barometric pressure to know what it is. You know what I mean? Where I'm the type where I'm like, just tell me what the feels like is, not the temperature. I want to know what it feels like on my skin. I'm not caring about what other things you're calculating in to give me the temperature. Just give me the feels like well same thing with this it's hard to understand how they could all hear but there was something about this one field where for some reason the sound just really traveled and i was like oh, the bible's real
0: that is i mean and i i've been there not there i don't really want to go to israel but I've been there in a place that's like that, Hallie, because do you remember a few years ago at Intersect, which is the youth conference that we have, awesome. cross-denominational youth conference, which mm-hmm. I typically don't like. But I remember some some guys were, were just, oh, you know, awesome. go, going, just doing something bad, just, you know. Jerking around and just really uh, tugging, tugging around, and oh, and I had to yell at them across the field, and there were probably five thousand, ten thousand kids there, and I just said,
2: "Hi, hey, hi, hey. oh wow,
0: hey," I was like, hey. "No, I was more like, hi, hey. sorry, I don't, ha, <coughs> hey," I was like, "That's good," I can't really do it the way I was doing it, but I was like, "Hey,
2: hey, Hi! Oh. Hey. yeah, you're getting it, yeah, do that, do it like that.
0: I can't I can't get the where I was, Hallie, but
2: But that would travel across Hi! Hi! Hi I just No. That's beast mode. <laughs> I'm Holly Laurent, playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey House was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free, card support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.